Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. From Postcard from the Past and the award-winning Wardour Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, a postcard podcast. This is the place where we wish we were somewhere else. With deep blue skies, one-eared donkeys and excuses for the shaky handwriting as we investigate old picture postcards, their messages and their images, taking us from banality to heartbreak via kind wishes and weather reports. And we explore what it is that causes us to keep hold of these little cardboard rectangles. Each time now I welcome one guest, and it's their postcards that act as small clues to direct us towards memories, mysteries and stories. I'm Tom Jackson, and I'm delighted to say that today my guest on the podcast, this time on the line from Cork City, is art critic, writer, broadcaster, Christine Leach. Christine, welcome to Podcast from the Past. Thanks, Tom. I'm really happy to be here. Excellent. That's a good start. Now, yeah. you may know Christine as the Irish Sunday Times art critic, but also author of the acclaimed memoir, Negative Space, a powerful reflection on art, writing and marital breakdown. And if you're in Ireland, you may well have heard Christine on various programmes she's made for RTE. Now, Christine, you join us today with an extraordinarily smudged and unspecific postmark. <laughs> All I can see are the letters E-I-R-E. Well, what's going on there? So I moved around a lot in my childhood and I've continued to move around, but only within the island of Ireland. So I've never lived outside of Ireland, but I have spent a lot of time in Dublin, Cork and Kilkenny mostly. So when people say to me, where are you from or where's home? I don't have a clear answer and I've never had a clear answer. Yeah. So that's why my postmark is ERA, Ireland. ERA, the Irish word for Ireland. I feel Irish and I think that's probably the most I can say about my identity. Um, I don't feel like I belong to a very particular place within Ireland. But it's not a huge place. You can kind of have it all. Why not? <laughs> I can kind of have it all. <laughs> and, my, you know, and my ancestors are from Donegal and Dublin and Mayo. And, you know, so we're not one of those families that stayed put in one place. Sometimes people can trace themselves back to a field, you know, yeah. and I don't feel like that. So, But actually yeah. quite infrequently. I think, you know, we're most of us slightly peripatetic. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly if you look down through the generations. But, you know, Irish people always love to say, where are you from? And, and yeah. by that, they kind of mean, where do your people belong? You know, <laughs> it's very much rooted to land, I think, and and sense of place. So I don't have a clear cut answer for that. <laughs> now, Christine, do you still send postcards? Very occasionally. 
the last person that I kept sending postcards to, even when I'd stopped sending them to anyone else, was my granny. Mm. And she lived into her 90s. And she was somebody who I always sent a postcard to wherever I went. So towards the end of my postcard sending days, in terms of, you know, say if I was away somewhere, I would still always send her one. So I really don't send them as a kind of regular practice anymore because she was the one that I sent. She, her address was the one I had in my head as well. So if I, you know, so it's also to do with not having an address book, but I knew I could send her a postcard. So I don't regularly send them anymore, but I do include them in envelopes when I'm sending people bits and bobs. Um, Oh yeah, like the compliment slip or something. I use them like a compliment slip, yeah, because I have a vast collection of postcards. I've been kind of hanging on to postcards for years, but I love getting them and I do love sending them, but I've fallen out of the habit. Postcards are still sort of, I was going to say detritus, it's not not quite the right word, but they come along with the art world, don't they? Yeah. One of the interesting things about the postcards that I've held on to over the years is that they are also memories of exhibitions I've been to. So mm. very much, you know, they're they're the kind of thing you pick up in the gift shop when you, you couldn't afford anything else. The postcard is the cheapest thing, you know, and it reminds you of the show. So often people, I think when they go to galleries and museums, they pick up a postcard of one image of that show that they've been to. Mm. And when I was a teenager, I hung them on the wall like that was my wall decoration. I, I hung postcards that I picked up in free places and postcards that I picked up at exhibitions. So, yeah. And was that that sense that these are an expression of you or are they just like a diary of where you'd been and what you'd seen? I was definitely making a kind of curatorial decision about what to put on the wall. So it wasn't, you know, the postcard didn't get stuck on the wall just because I had it. So I was making some sort of aesthetic arrangement. And I enjoyed the way that they can be arranged, you know, vertical or horizontal. So you've got portrait and landscape. And I liked sort of slotting them together into patterns on the wall. So I think that was another part of the pleasure of it. But then, you know, because as I said, I moved around a lot. I moved house or my whole family moved when I was 15. And then we moved again when I was 16. And I think for me, tacking with blue tack these images to the wall was a kind of way of maybe putting my identity on the wall, but also sort of anchoring myself in place with familiar images that had travelled with me. And and they're so portable, you know, you could just bring them. It's not a big deal to stick postcards on the wall. Yeah. So it kind of follows from what you're saying about the sense of travelling around and you've got your travelling gallery with you. Yeah. And some of them would be postcards people had sent to me. So on the back, there would be, you know, a message. And then others would just be ones that I'd picked up places or a postcard I had and I scribbled a note to myself on the back of it and, and stuck it up. Yeah. But for me, definitely some sort of way of tracking a, a kind of path through places I'd been and things I'd seen and also people that I've been friends with, I think, too. I suppose you, you might just now take loads of pictures on your phone instead of getting the postcards. Yeah, I think so. I don't tend to pick up the postcards in the in the shops in the in the galleries anymore, but um, a lot of galleries do use a postcard type format to send out as exhibition invitations. Yes, so you yes. would get. So I have a lot of those as well. I didn't um, share any images of those with you, but I have boxes of exhibition invitations that look like postcards on one side, but actually they're not for sending in the post because on the back it tells you when the exhibition is opening. Yeah, because yeah. even those free ones you used to get in bars, mm. a lot of them are not technically postcards anymore because they have printed matter on both sides. They don't. Oh, they don't think you're going to use them because using it by chance was rather nice before, but that doesn't happen so many now. And I think as well, it's because people don't tend to have stamps handy. You yeah. know, you have to go if you're not used to sending you have postcards. To save up. You have to go. <laughs> the cost of sending a postcard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have to go get a stamp, and you know, it's a whole process now, which which we just not we're not in the habit of doing that. I think because everything's digital, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, before we get to see the cards that Christine sent along, a quick card of mine. Now, this is sort of a postcard from the past card, like I do on Twitter and in the book. It's an old card from which I've taken just a bit of the message. So the first one I've got here is it's a view of Goudhurst in Kent, and it's a sort of uh, idyllic view of an English village, really, I suppose. Houses very close to a, a large pond, so it's um, full reflection. You could turn it upside down, it would make just as much sense. And the card was sent to... To Blackpool, there you are. Not a card from Blackpool, but a card to Blackpool. And it was sent, oh, it's hard to see, 19... Well, it's 1970s. It's a threepenny stamp. And there's something about the message that just... I thought it posed more questions than it answers. I mean, often they do, but specifically this one. Sent to Mr and Mrs Reed from Colin, I think. And he says, Mum and Dad, everyone, just a card, because I've no time to write a letter. Fair enough. I can post this on the way to one of the orchards. A lot of orchards down in Kent. I got your letter. Thanks for sending the letter on and getting rid of the card. Oops. <laughs> we'll write soon. And I'm just intrigued. What was this card that they had to get rid of? And, and why did they have to get rid of it? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, mum and dad were discreet and helped him out there. I feel like there's a story there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just a sort of a kind of red-faced teenage worry about something, but I don't know. Yeah. You know, like I feel like maybe he asked somebody to go out with him and then someone told him in, the, in between the postcard being sent and arriving or the card being sent and arriving that this person already had a boyfriend or something like that, you know? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that kind it? of and feeling, then, yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyway, the card, because another maybe that was a postcard again. It was uh, mm. a kind of guilty postcard. I don't know. Who knows? Gosh. All right, another quick one. Let's see if it's quite as uh, fraught with emotion. This is um, the promenade at South Sea near Portsmouth. Very blue, very yellow. The sea is an absurd colour. I haven't seen... It, it's almost turquoise. It, it, you just did not see, see that colour in England. But it's a nice sunny day nonetheless. The pier looks nice and there's little white tables. And, you know, it was sent in 1984. Gosh, it, it, the picture is a lot older than that, I'd say. And it was sent to Chard in Somerset. I think it was posted on the Isle of Wight, by the looks of it. Maybe they done a day trip. And it was from Tina. Well, no, Trina. Trina, not Tina. And it's to Kay and Alan. And, um, oh, yeah, I think this sort of just felt to me like it, it had 1984 written all over it. So that, that was what intrigued me. Even though the picture, as I say, looks a bit old. It says, to Kay and Alan, having a nice time, even though the, west, the weather isn't very nice. I should know that word. The weather isn't very nice. Last night, we went to the honky-tonk, brackets, nightclub, close brackets. Tomorrow night, we're going to a disco at Joanna's. We went shopping yesterday. Outside, in the doorway of C&A, there was all these boys doing body popping. They were really good. Bye from Trina. So there you are. But body popping had reached South Sea in 1984. <laughs> but, but it wasn't so common that it wasn't worth it. You had to write about it on a postcard. It's a nice visual image, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and... I, I don't know, body popping outside CNA. It's <laughs> yeah. a big long frontage outside CNA, I suppose. Bit of room to do some street entertainment. Some nice pavement, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Under the sort of big awning. Mm. Don't even have CNA anymore, but there was a time. Anyway, I've got to remind everyone at home images of all these cards are going to be on the show notes, uh, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, um, and even pictures uh, of Christine's wall covered in postcards so you can see that she um, she wasn't making that up. Mm. Uh, now, Christine, you've been kind enough to dig out some postcards of your own. Let's start with this first card and this has a kind of magical look about it. What's this? 
Okay, so this card was sent to me from the Bahamas in wow. yeah in the year 2000 so the the images of a, a big cruise ship as far as i know it's the disney cruise ship and um yeah and it's it's basically got this uh drawn onto it this sort of bridge made of stars that goes across to the disney castle and it's oh, sitting the, on the water the trademark disney sparkle isn't it mm, yeah the disney sparkle and it's it's a beautiful sort of sunset pinky purpley dark navy sky so it's that it's that magical thing as you said yeah and the ship is pointing towards the castle so that's the image and it's lit up you know so it's yeah it's magical looking but it's not really in the bahamas is it? i mean that, that castle is just a fantasy presumably <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is a fiction tom it's like a bev- <laughs> oh is it I'm sorry. <laughs> i thought it was a candid shot the um it says on the back um that the title of the image is starbridge wonder wow and um it's it's branded disney cruise line copyright disney and it was sent to me from the Bahamas from Castaway K. That's what the postmark says. 27th of January, 2000. And my friend who sent it conveniently wrote the date on there. And she wrote the 21st of January, 00. And it cost her okay. 55 cent to send it. And she also, the stamp is also an image of the Disney Cruise Line, um, one of their ships. So with a palm tree. <laughs> So, Lord. yeah, <laughs> that's, they call that vertical integration, don't they? Mm. They own everything, mm, yeah, even she, the stamps. She was trapped because she was working on the ship, so I think she had to only purchase, oh, right. but she could only buy things that were Disney branded. So, she wasn't on holiday, <laughs> she was this was her job. This was her job, yes. Yeah. So, she got a job as, and she was my friend from school, and um, she went to art college. And after art college, she went to work on cruise ships, and she worked as a photographer, cruise ship photographer. Lovely. Yeah. So she would send me postcards when she docked places, you know, and that's how she stayed in touch. It was very busy. She didn't have a lot of downtime. And I think she didn't have time. She would have written me letters in the past, but um, postcards were easier because she, she really had only time to like her free time was short and she had to, time to scribble something and say hello and post it to me. She sent it to me in Dublin. I was living in Dublin at the time. OK, yes. Mm. So w- what has she got to say for herself? Well, shall I read you? What it says. Only what you <laughs> feel is appropriate. Okay. Well, she says, she said, I thought I'd forward you some real post. So I don't know what she means by that. Um, I suppose we were emailing at that time because it's 2000. Right. Yeah, but not all the time. Not all the time. We weren't, we weren't living by email that stage. You had to go to an internet cafe, really, to make that happen, didn't you? So, so some real posts. And she says she misses me and time is flying. Um, she says they rented some mopeds in Nassau and they drove around the tiny roads and saw some tiny homes like garden sheds and went to some deserted beaches except for a few lonesome doggies. Now, what she said, which I thought was really interesting, and it might be it might be partially why I kept it, but I am a bit of a hoarder, but it says X over leaf marks my cabin below water. And it says it's forward and right beside the hull. Yes, I'm disposable. So <laughs> she had written indisposable, but she crossed out the in. So yes, oh, I'm disposable. Good. Hi to all and lots of love for now from Jill. So when you when you look at the front of the postcard where the image is, she has marked an X with a biro just below the waterline. I can't see it. You, it's really what hard to it? see. So if you go to where the American flag oh. is and go straight down from there. 
Oh, okay. Do you see that? Oh, maybe on my. I've only got a copy of it. You're 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 in a different place, so maybe I can't see it. So there's a line there where the boat hits the water, but then there's yeah. shadow. But the the X is actually in the dark shadow, just below the line, oh, underneath where the American flag is, or where the flag is flying. So, yeah. um, it's between. It's I suppose that's like a chimney stack there. It's between the first bit and the second bit. But the other oh, thing, see, yeah. do do you see it? It's it's almost yeah, like a yeah, kind yeah. of engraved <laughs> indentation because it's quite a yeah, shiny yeah. postcard. So I think the biro didn't take too well. Um, so she's. <laughs> The razor out. It in with like so it's more of a it's more of an indentation on the card yeah. so you can see it better actually in in a shiny light but then the other thing she's written up near the top I'm now an assembly leader number seven is my lifeboat also the rescue boat which we do drills on every Monday and then there's brackets over leaf so and she's put two smiley faces in so the other thing she's done with the postcard is she's drawn a line pointing to the seventh life uh, boat along counting from the back and there's a number seven there. Yes, I got that. Yeah, and so that's her lifeboat. So she's an assembly leader and she has a, a lifeboat. So um, <laughs> that oh, was her I, I update. Hope she was never called on to use it. No, I don't think she ever was. So that was, yeah, it was it was really nice getting postcards from Jill because she was one of those people who after she finished college, she traveled a lot and worked in lots of different places. So she always sent me postcards from all over the world, Germany and lots of different places. And, and as I said to you, I've moved around a lot, but I've always lived in Ireland. So... She was sending me these cards, mostly to Dublin. At that time, I was living in Dublin. But she felt to me like my adventure friend, you know, <laughs> who yeah, went places yeah. to work, you know. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think working on a cruise for a long time, could you could get your cabin fever. But I think for a bit, what fun. Mm. And she, she moved between boats as well. I remember at one point she told me she was on a boat called Splendour of the Seas. And I just thought that was such a bombastic sort yeah. of a name for the boat. Yeah. And I've never been on a cruise ship. So, you know, yeah. And the, the crew, I suppose, really form a kind of community and family. And they're all, you know, they're all bunking in, in, the, in the smaller cabins, as she said, below the waterline. <laughs> yeah, but I think from my understanding of cruise ships, the photographs are really important mm. because that's the proof that you had fun. Mm. If, you, if you can't prove it, what's the point of spending all that money? Right. And also, it's important that this is 2000 because I don't know what that job is like now. But at that time, people didn't have um, phones that they took pictures with. So so I know that Jill's job was to get off the boat when it docked and go onto the beach where people were, you know, swimming and playing and take photos of the people oh. who were part of the cruise on the beach, as well as the ones that she would have taken on the ship. But she also, you know, docked and went around. But so even when they docked and that was meant to be downtime, she was at work because she was photographing people having their nice time wherever they docked. I wonder, do they sell as many of those photos now on cruises because people take their own? I think they do, I think they do formal ones, you know, mm. when you have din dinner with the captain or whatever it is. All that kind of thing. I think, I think you dress up and, and have your picture taken like you might at a, a function. Yeah. It's a function every night on a cruise. Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a, a sort of X marks the spot card. It, yes. It's got me thinking. So I did take the opportunity to dig into my little pile of cards and I found a couple that play on this idea but kind of get it a bit differently. So I just wanted to share with you this card of Woolacombe in Devon and someone's decided they wanted to mark their hotel on the card. And as you might, and you know, just as Jill marked the lifeboat with an arrow, this person's marked an arrow. But they've written the arrow the wrong way. The arrow points upwards, away <laughs> from the hotel. And then says, our hotel. And I like it because it, it suggests there's a flying hotel. <laughs> but, you know, just one little change on the arrow and it changes it from something prosaic to something quite unlikely. Yeah. So anyway, the, the flying hotel of, of Woolacombe. 
<laughs> in the art world, of course, they call this interventions, I think. I mean, you, take, you take a sort of uh, existing object and you kind of work it. Yeah, do your mark making onto something that's either a found yeah. object or, you know, and I think for me, I, I love that idea because it's taking ownership of a very generic image. You know, lots of people are going to send this postcard, but you've made it your own, you know, by writing yeah, on it. And, exactly. I, and I think that's part of the reason people do that gesture. It's like, you know, I'm not just sending you a generic postcard. I'm telling you this is actually where I am. And if you look yeah. closely, you can see my hotel. And, you know, like I'm a big fan of, of your account and looking at all the images that you post. And I love when people say, this is my hotel room. And they're pointing at, you know, fourth floor, three windows from the left. You know? <laughs> I have some kinds of people say, our room is 33B. That is information that is of no use to anyone. <laughs> Uh, Unless anyways. you're going to go and get a map, it's like a plan of the hotel. And have yeah, a look. yeah. Let, let me just check the fire exits for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, um, the urge to tell the people back home or whoever you're writing to exactly yeah. where you are. It's a very yeah, interesting yeah. urge. Well, look, I mean, there's an extent to which it, most postcard messages are, I'm here, you're there. Yeah. Down, that's, that's all they are. They're yeah. a way of trying to bridge that gap. So yeah. there's something very fundamental and, and kind about them, really. Yeah, it's like, you know, to, you can imagine me in this place now because I've shown you where I am. So, yeah, I suppose, you know, in thinking about the way people FaceTime now, you know, when people FaceTime people who are far away, they say, show me your room or show me the kitchen, like, show me where you yeah, are. Yeah. And so there is a human urge to want to know where the person you're communicating with is situated. Like, what does their yeah. environment look like, you know? And you don't need very much either, just a little bit, just to get to, to give you a sense yeah. of where they are. Yeah. You know? Oh, now I can see. Now I can see the mug you're drinking from. Yeah. Or now I can see the kitchen clock. It just makes sense. That kind of thing. Or, oh, you painted the wall, you know, or you can see what the weather's <laughs> like, or I don't know. It's, it's it's definitely an extra bit of connection. And I think, you know, with the postcards, there's definitely that feeling of wanting to let the person imagine you there in that room or at that height above the pavement or what your view might be like, you know, <laughs> like this well, one you, that you have from the hotel. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what their view of the beach is like. I'm trying to see, you know, what way is it angled? <laughs> I don't think they're too far back, but given that they're 400 feet up, they should have a very good view. You know? <laughs> well, I've got one more of these silly interventions and this is uh, a picture of, I, I guess it's meant to be a holiday park of some kind. It looks like a car park by a river. I can't remember where it's taken, but the person who sent it has gone to town because on the card there's a group of three people I guess it's a mother her son in inevitably a red top and an older lady who might be supposed to be his grandmother I suppose mm. but the person sending the card has somewhat cheekily drawn a little speech bubble like a sort of private eye cover or something and coming inside the speech bubble is the old lady saying to the other two who look unimpressed but you said there were toilets here <laughs> so there you are that may be Maybe that was a sort of preoccupation of the person who sent it their holiday. They were thinking about where the toilets were. But. It's an in-joke. I think it's an in-joke. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like cards where you have an in-joke and you're struggling to keep up, but you just take from it what you want to take from it. Yeah, that sounds like a family joke. <laughs> you said there were toilets yes. here. <laughs> but it also, that is a preoccupation on holiday. Sure. Because you're not at home. Yeah. You, know. you don't know where the next toilet is going to be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> And the terrible disappointment of arriving somewhere and there not being one, <laughs> you know? Oh, well, yes. <laughs> It'll be more than disappointment. OK, I'll do one more quick postcard from the past card now. Um, this is an aerial picture of Alicante. Just a lot of roofs, really. I mean, nowadays we would take that by a drone, no doubt, but I guess it was a light aeroplane or maybe even a hot air balloon. Mm. This is from 19... Hmm, not sure. Oh, well, Franco is still in, in, uh, in power. 
So I think we're into the 60s. And uh, what was it that entertained me about this? Well, it's going to Scotland. It's going to air. And it's written by someone, Ian. Ian, I think, with um, an I. And he's a very enjoyable plane flight. Weather, good. Temperature is between 90 and 100 Fahrenheit in the shade. Stomach giving me a bit of bother. Had it before I got here. Lay down at 5pm last night and slept till 12pm. Missed dinner. Was starved. Then could not sleep all night. The spring in my watch has broken. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a catalogue of, of terrible things. <laughs> I thought, you know, I could just about go with the medical report, but then his watch breaks. But... And then he's chosen to send this very angular-looking postcard, you know. <laughs> what yeah. I noticed about it was that the, you know, the, the way that the road um, cuts into the buildings, so this sort of angular shape, it's not a very comfortable, relaxing image, is it? <laughs> No, and it's not. It's not like a beach resort. It's, it's very much a harbour with a sort of road, you know, modern road going by. Mm. But anyway, I mean, I just don't think Ian's going to have a very good time. I think the postcard image reflects his feeling about the situation. <laughs> Wonky and yeah, and it's kind of overcrowded. You know, no, there's no space in that image. You know, <laughs> too many buildings. Everything's piling in on top of him. It's all going wrong. I always makes you laugh. You miss one meal. I'm starved. Yeah. No, you've lost. You missed a meal. It's okay. You'll make up for it. <laughs> anyway. But the spring on his watch is gone, so we might miss lots more things. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's not. He's not even going to make breakfast. <laughs> he's completely out of whack. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old dear. Oh dear. <laughs> I do like the miserable messages, but. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I do hunt them out as well. It's not. You know that most messages are not miserable. They're happy. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Well, you're listening to Podcast from the Past, the postcard podcast, and my guest today is Christine Leach. Oh, here's a surprise. We've received a postcard. My postcard is from Mrs. B.E. Russell from Gloucester. And she says, one, award-winning, two, local departures, three, luxurious coaches, four, children's discount, five, peace of mind. Um, well, sorry, Mrs. Russell, those are the wrong answers. Mm-hmm. Right, on with the postcard stories. Uh, Christine, what's the second card you got for us? This is something a bit more 
in the artistic world? That's true. So I have another one here, which conveniently has a date on it. So the date is 1996. This is one that was never posted or sent anywhere. It's kind of difficult to describe the image. So it is a detail of a colour laser print, which was an, an image, an artwork that was in an exhibition that I went to see. So this exhibition was in the Triscoll Art Centre in Cork City in 1996. The artist is called Marcella Reardon. And what I remember about this is I was in college, I was studying in university and I had a volunteer job presenting uh, radio shows on the student radio station. So I would go and review exhibitions. That's where my art critic career began. So I remember reviewing this exhibition. I went to see it and it was an exhibition of images that the artist had made by using a colour photocopier and the things that she was placing on the surface of the colour photocopier. Mm. mm, So that's what this is. She was placing um, items from her own kind of family archive and memories, kind of memory based items onto the top of the colour photocopier, closing over the lid as well as she could and making it dark and then letting the, the copier run. So oh, the details amazing. Mm, and what was interesting about the show was I know a lot of, some reviews at the time were kind of saying, "Is this art?" Which is quite funny because it was ninety six, and you know, if you photocopy something, is it art? You know, and of course we wouldn't even say that now. But it made these very ghostly images that looked yeah. almost like they were sort of emerging from underwater or something, and they're hyper real because the flash of the laser is is you know highlighting certain sections, and then there's just darkness around. So this particular one, as far as I can see, is some fabric crumpled up and it's contained within some corrugated cardboard and I'm not sure what it looks like maybe what do you think I'm not sure exactly what it is maybe ribbons maybe some kind of some kind of fabric and it's it's uh, it's zigzagging around. So she's arranged could this. Could be ribbons. Could, be, could ribbons. be ribbons. And it looks maybe almost even like the inside of an oyster shell or something. Like you're not really it sure what organic, it is. It looks organic, doesn't it? Mm. The effect is organic. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, yeah, a bit jellyfishish or something. But this is just one. And, and this is an interesting thing about it. This was the one image that was reproduced for the postcard. That was the postcard you could pick up for free when you went to see the show. But I do remember that there were other images. And of course, I didn't have a phone that took photos at the time. So I have no other images of this exhibition but I do remember there were other images where the items were recognisable so you would say oh that's a glove or oh that's something right. you, you would know what they were but I thought it was really interesting that she was using kind of memorabilia and I discovered because I went and looked at this postcard again having not looked at it for a long time that she's still making work like this and actually one of the really interesting things about Marcella Reardon she's based in a place called Yall in Cork is that she had a show in just earlier this year And it was based on a body of work she did around her family. Her parents were Irish. They lived in London and then they moved back to Ireland at some point. And at that point, they packed everything into boxes and a certain amount of the material that they packed went into an attic and was never unpacked. Ah. So she took it out and started doing this process of, of, of photographing all of this family memorabilia in a, with a similar aesthetic to this work she was doing in the 90s, um, quite close up, you know. Um, and this idea of making making kind of postcard style images of the memorabilia from your family. And there was a sense of the stuff being trapped in time. So there were, um, you know, children's toys that she might have remembered. But also that thing that happens when you move house sometimes that you pack a box of stuff and you never unpack it in the new place. Mm -hmm. 
And, and in fact, you don't need it. Don't yeah. need it in a real sense. Yeah. Because you can live without it. But maybe yeah. you do need it in a different sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And isn't, doesn't that tie as well to why we might hang on to postcards? You know, I don't need these postcards that I've held on to, but they do trace and sort of line through places I've been and people I've known and things I've seen. And I keep them. I don't have to keep them, but I do keep them. You know what? I think memories are so weak and frail and, and, and transient sometimes. I say hold on to the stuff. At least it'll remind you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And it's interesting looking at this because looking at that card now, I remember going to see that exhibition and I remember that the gallery is completely different now, decades later, that they restructured the whole building. And I remember what it felt like to be going to look at exhibitions and coming back to report on them on the student radio station. You know, so it brings me right back to that time in 1996. Yeah, so you over you overlay the image with your own your own life at that time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I do. It does actually look a bit fetal. It does a bit. Well, don't you? Yeah. Which is curious for what it actually is. Yeah, it does a bit. There was that feeling about the artworks in the exhibition that you were not quite sure what they were, and you weren't quite sure how she'd made them. So until you read the bit of extra material there that said these are color photocopies. Um, and also, I think, you know, if you were to call them colour photocopies, everyone would be like, oh, what, what is that? You know, but they're they're yes. described as laser prints. So, um, so they're sort of like um, photograms, you know, those early mm. photographs that where there, were, there was no camera involved. It was just a photographic plate or paper and the object itself and the sun just did the work on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the light, the light imprinted yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. There's that Modern feeling. Version. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, that was a really formative time in my life, too, I think, which is another reason why it's nice to look back at that postcard, because it it, um, it uh, set me in a direction in terms of my career, you know, that I mightn't have otherwise gone in, or maybe I would have always, but it was certainly formative, uh, for sure. Yeah. And you'll never know. I'll never know, I'll <laughs> never know. Yeah, well, that's thank, true. Well, thank you for introducing me to Marcella Reardon. I, I really like that image. Mm. Now, we've talked a little, well, we touched on Negative Space, your recent memoir, mm. but your next book has a kind of a semi-postcard connection. Yeah. Can you sort of lasso that into the postcard world for me? Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to open up my, the book is being designed currently, it's about to go to print very soon. So I have an unwieldy manuscript here that I've bound myself at home. So this book is a book of 12 stories about the Royal Hibernian Academy, which is in Dublin. And it's the Irish equivalent to the Royal Academy in London and was founded in 1823. So they've turned 200 this year, 2023. And the book was commissioned as part of their bicentenary celebrations. So it looks at particular moments in time in the 200 year history where something interesting happened or some interesting characters were at play in the way that the RHA developed and formed. So chapter four is called They Will Not Mix and it's set in 1893 and I've subtitled it A Short Story About a Kind of Postcard. And it's actually a short story about two kind of postcards but what they are, they're in the National Gallery of Ireland collection. They are two black and white images of an exhibition that was held on St. Stephen's Green in 1893. Um, and they're just black and white photos of a room which is quite full of chairs and tables. So you can see it's a kind of like maybe a social space, like a gentleman's club kind of thing. And It could be a bar, couldn't it? It could be I a mean, it's bar. it's not, but it could be. I yeah, mean, it could be a bar. Chairs and tables. Mm, yeah, exactly. Is that a piano at the back of one of them? There yes, is. is a piano, yes. And a, and a, and and a, guitar. And a pedestal, like a, te- a, like a raised dais, you know, with a guitar and some music stands. Um yeah. Yeah, so it's a social space, but it's also it was also an exhibition space. And the 
the paintings are, I think, mostly oil paintings. They're fa- framed with quite heavy frames and they're hung salon style. So there's multiple images all squashed up together, actually quite in the way that I used to hang postcards on my wall. There you go. There you go. So <laughs> You should have said you were hanging them salon style. I'm sorry, that is what I was doing. I was actually <laughs> hanging them salon style. That is what I was doing. So the two images are of one end of the room and the other end of the room, and it shows the exhibition that was on at the time. Um, and they were sent by uh, Walter Osborne to his sister Violet, and he was in Dublin and she was in New Brunswick in Canada. Will I will I read you a little bit from the back of one of them? Yeah, I would love to hear. Mm. Because there's message on the back as if it were a postcard, and they're not postcards, mm. but the writing on the back definitely suggests postcards. Yeah, and that's why I called it a short story about a kind of postcard, because yes, they're absolutely written as if they're postcards, but my understanding is they would have been slipped into an envelope with a letter. So they were stuck in with a longer letter, I think. So the first one says, to dear Vi, or V, I think it's probably Vi, her name was Violet, from Walter, March 1893. And I had to decipher the handwriting, but this is what I believe it says. This is a view taken looking at the room with one's back to the door shown in other photo. So he's indicating there's a second image. The picture marked X is the one of Mr. Hone, which I won in the art union. The portrait at the end in middle is Zelie de Lusanne as Carmen. She was an opera singer by G. Russell. Directly underneath it is a picture by Waterloo and next to it behind the music stand marked with a dot and he's done a little circle. He's, so again, he's done the X marks the spot. He's done the X and exactly. the dot is a study of mine at Fox Rock. Next to the hone, you will see one of father's drawings and next to it, another Fox Rock, Fox Rock bit. <laughs> so that's what he's written on the first one. And the second one actually tells you where it is. It says DAC, which is Dublin Art Club, DAC Exhibition, 6 St. Stephen's Green, 1893. And it says, view to wall looking south and out the door, bust by Miss Shaw, behind it pastel of Fisherman's Child by Miss Benson, on each side of it flowers by Mrs. Miller, underneath landscape at McGuinness, pictures marked X are by Mr. Hone. And he's drawn an arrow on. Arrow points to picture by father. And I think it says Bush Ranger. That's what I think it says picture oh. called Bush Ranger. So he's It's an arrow with feathers the way you draw. He's done it like a proper arrow that you would shoot out of a bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's an artist. So he hasn't just done you a you know an everyday arrow. He's actually done one with feathers, yeah. That's good, that's <laughs> so good. So it's kind of a um a key, isn't it? It's a key to the picture, mm. but it's done it as a message on the back. Mm. I think, you know, so she was in Canada and she had married, um, she'd gotten married and she'd moved to Canada because her husband was a, a professor and he was teaching there. So she was very far away. It was 1893. If your sister went to Canada, you would not know when you yeah. would ever see her again. So he wrote really regularly to her and he used to draw drawings on the on the outside of the envelope and she was much younger than him. So he was writing to her as a child as well because he travelled and he worked in London and he worked all over the place. So they had a regular postal communication. So I think really for me, when I saw these in the National Gallery of Ireland collection, I realised it was him saying to her, look, this is the show that's on in Dublin and I know you won't get to see it, but I'm just going to let you know what some of the images are and what some of the paintings are. You know, connection to home. Very good. And the rest of the book is similar slices of life from the, from the 200 years, is it? Yeah, it's written. There are 12 chapters and each chapter takes a different format. So this chapter is a short story about a kind of postcard, as I said, and it, it imagines a conversation between the two of them at that time. And she's pregnant when she, she's in Canada and she's pregnant and she's 27 when this is sent to her. So the story uh, is an imagined kind of um, version of the type of relationship that the two of them had. He was working at the time to try and allow women into the life room in the RHA because women artists were not allowed in to draw in the life room and he was he was advocating for that 
Well, lots of luck with uh, Ten Till Dusk, this Royal Hibernian fantastical reflection. It sounds like it's going to be a very interesting project. Thank you. And thank you, Christine, for sharing all the cards and stories today. I say the same thing. I never know where the cards will send us. I'm delighted you shared them with me and with our listeners. Another quick reminder for listeners at home, images of all the cards um, that have prompted these memories and stories are on the blog at postcardfromthepast.co.uk. And now, before we let Christine off into the uh, late summer sun of Cork, it is more than a habit of us to end the show with one of these rather fragile things. So on the, on the back page of your dope sheet, Christine, you should have a picture of a large postcard, which is frankly a bit the worse for wear. It's rather brown and faded and possibly even water damaged. I don't know if you can see that. Mm, I can. Well, I, I shan't tease the listener any further. It, it, this is a postcard record, uh, a postcard that you can put on a turntable and play. The picture is, I think it's a fountain in Copenhagen, uh, a rather large fountain, actually. I can't even tell if it's a photograph or a, if it's been painted or I think it's a photograph that's been artworked. Yeah, it could be a watercolour, but it could also have been painted onto a photograph. Well, the, there's a little woman woman in red on the far left. Yes. You suggest to me, if you were an artist, you wouldn't have put her in. Oh, and on the right, you can see a couple, actually, a man with a coat. Oh, yes. Yes. So yeah. I, I think you might be right. It's a it's a photograph. It's, yeah, it's so damaged that it's got this state. Now, um, despite being a piece of cardboard, uh, young Tom has managed to play this, and I think he's got a digital file, so we can hear what this piece of cardboard sounds like. There you go. This could be the piano from uh, from the Royal Hibernian mm, Academy. Yeah. It's a bit scratchy, but you can hear it. It's pretty good. It's a song called Skuzami by... It's being sung by someone called Rudy Marino. Um... So um, I think it's an Italian singer um, uh, out of... Well, perhaps he's in the Tivoli Gardens, the Italian connection. It's very impressive. The sound is pretty good. It's OK, isn't it? I've, I've bought second-hand records that sound worse than this. Yeah, yeah. It says on the back that you get 100 perfect recordings. I think it means 100 perfect plays. Yes, yes. Um, this, this might be the 101st, I'm not sure. And the front says the singing postcard. Yes, det singende postcourt. <laughs> to be played uh, I, on the gramophone, 45 or p.m. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, it's, does it say gramophone? Gramophone with two M's. Gramophone. <laughs> it does, yes. that's, that's a special kind of gramophone. <laughs> well, not bad for a piece of cardboard. And as the fountain and the oxen continue to spin at 45 RPM, that's it for this time from Podcast from the Past. I'd just like to thank my first-class guest, Christine Leach. Christine, thank you. Thanks, Tom. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me, at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>